Romans chapter 9, and we're going to start in verse 1. When you're in Romans chapter 9, say Amen. Amen. So chapters 9, 10, and 11 are warnings against unbelief of Romans 1 through 8. Warning against unbelief of Romans 1 through 8. That's what we're going to see in chapters 9, 10, and 11. Now what we will see also is that we're going to see some things about Israel that pertains to Israel in the future. Uh, but the main thrust and the reason of these chapters in context with the book of Romans is not prophetic about Israel. That's not what it's meant for because we're still in Romans, which is actually written to Gentiles. The main thrust here is warning against unbelief of what Paul just taught. And he's going to show, he uses Israel as an example of what will happen. That's how we end up with it. But we are going to see some things about Israel. We're going to see restoration of Israel promise. We're going to see all of those things. But I want you to understand that 9, 10, and 11 are really about warning against unbelief. Basically, what you just learned in chapters 1 through 8, what I've just taught you, what the Lord just revealed to you, if you choose to reject it, then in these chapters you're going to see what will happen in your life. And you'll see also if you accepted but you share with someone else and there's a rejection of it you'll see the same thing in their life that we see in life. so the heading for the first the first paragraph heading that i have for you is paul's sorrow over israel the nation paul's sorrow over israel and then you can put a dash and then put the nation Paul's sorrow over Israel, the nation, or the nation of Israel. And that's verses 1 through 5. Verses 1 through 5. One more time. Paul's sorrow over Israel, the nation. Verses 1 through 5. Does everybody have that? Mm-hmm. All right. And we're going to read verses 1 through 5. We're just going to read it straight through verses 1 through 5. So, uh, starting in verse 1. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, My kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertain the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises, whose are the fathers and of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came, who is over all God blessed forever. Amen. So. Paul is expressing his love for Israel. How he wishes they did not reject the Messiah. Paul says, just like we, we just read, so Paul says that he is he basically constantly has a great heaviness 
It's not like a one-time thing. What Paul's saying is basically I can I continuously have a heaviness and a sorrow for my kinsmen, my brothers, according to the flesh, which means my fellow Jews. Even so much to the point that Paul says that if it were possible, it's not possible, but if it were possible, I would basically give myself up to be accursed, separated from God for eternity, if it meant the salvation of all Jews. Now that is love. That I would give up the salvation of my own soul if, if I could, and it meant that every single one of my kinsmen, fellow Jews, would be saved. But of course, Paul can't do that. And he knows he can. And the Lord knows, and the Holy Spirit allowed Paul to express that here because it demonstrated and showed true, the true God kind of love. I would give up all that I have in Christ in order for every one of my Jewish brothers to be saved. Remember what we just learned that God did. He gave up heaven's best. In order that we might be saved. And Paul basically said, I give up everything. That's the heaviness. That I would give up everything. If, you, if you're a parent and you're saved and you have kids that aren't living for the Lord then you might understand that cry of the heart. If I could give, I would give up everything for my son, daughter, grandchild, whatever, to live for the Lord. You have that cry in your heart. If you're truly born again and you have someone in your family that's not, that cry is in your heart. And the truth is, that's there from the Lord. Even though you can't save them, you can't give up everything in order for them to be saved. But the love that you have for them desires their salvation. That's true love. True, true love desires the salvation of someone who's not saved. Most of what is categorized as love in the world, the truth is, is just lust. It's just lust. I love you if I find you attractive and you find me attractive. But if it meant changing them, we got divorce all over the place because it's all, it's really just lust, not love. One of the things that told me without a shadow of a doubt that Sarah was the one for me was the fact that the love I had for Sarah was totally different than anything I 
outside of your experience. For Sarah, I care about her soul. I care about other people's souls as well. If you're a minister, <laughs> or if you say we care about the salvation of people, right? Yes. But with Sarah, it was different for me than anything else. I want I want all everybody else to be saved. But there's a difference when it comes to Sarah. I've noticed that. And that was one of the things that I knew. And it wasn't lust, even though she's very attractive. But lust is more than just attract attraction. Lust can just simply be, you do what can you do for me? What you do for me? Most of the things are just lust. It's not really love. A lot of the things that's categorized as love is not, it's just lust. But we see here Paul, true love for his fellow Jews. Paul sees and knows the path that Israel has taken in rejecting the Messiah through unbelief. This causes him great sorrow and pain as it would cause a parent to see their child go down a wrong path. There's, you can't stop it. You just sit helplessly watching. And that's how Paul felt. Israel had been selected by God to be his peculiar people, set apart for him. They had his divine presence with them and among them. They had various covenants God made with them. God gave them his law and the service of the tabernacle, temple, offerings, priesthood, etc. He also gave them the messianic promises. Christ came through the Jewish people. God chose them for this purpose. Now I'm going to say something. Everything that God gave them, they had they had his divine presence. My Lord. Right among amongst them. No one else in the world had that. Just Israel. Sometimes, well, well, because we don't we're not living then we live now. <laughs> And we have the Holy Spirit here now, and the Lord's divine presence is in our heart. Lord, he's, he's with us every day. So sometimes it, we, we don't really fathom it. But in the Old Testament, only Israel had it. No one else. No one else had the divine presence of God, only Israel. What? Yeah, and Jesus only marveled twice in the Bible, and once was about the unbelief of it. Yeah. Yep. Because when you look at everything that they had, mm-hmm. the divine presence of God, they had the various covenants with God. God gave them His law, the service of the tabernacle, temple, offerings, priesthood, and He gave them the messianic promises, and they still rejected. Do not tell me and do not fall for the lie that just because someone is in a church 
that they there's I don't know how they can they can't reject it. Israel had it all yeah. and rejected it. Well, if you just get in, I've heard this now. If you just get in a spirit filled church, praise God. No, no, no. You're gonna have to accept. Because Israel had all of that and rejected still. I can say this with assurance because I was one of those kids. Just because you grow up around it and in church doesn't mean that you'll accept it either. Oh, yes, but no, Israel is a perfect example. Now, we know eventually that they will, but they had, they had it all to tell them, and they still rejected the Messiah. Some of them don't, though. No, there's always been a remnant. There has yeah. always, always, always been a remnant in Israel that truly yeah. operate by faith. Yeah. Now that we have the truth, we can be just like Israel if we are careful. Now that we have learned the truth through Romans 1 through 8, we can be just like Israel and reject it. You can't reject what truth you don't know. That's why I tell you that Israel rejected the Messiah. They knew and rejected. It's one thing to not know. You, you can't believe what you don't know. And you can't reject what you don't know. But once you know, You guys all thought that coming to this class was a great idea. <laughs> See, but now, now you know. Now, the one thing that you can't claim is ignorance. That's true. But you really couldn't stand too much on that before, as we've already seen through Roman. But, now that you know the redemption plan of God and how it works, now that you know how the Holy Spirit works for sanctification, now that you know that salvation is by faith alone, that justification is by faith alone, and what it really means, now that you know that, to reject that, to go another direction, to preach another gospel. Mm -hmm. Right. Come on. Right. So, it's one thing to be ignorant and, you know, not know mm -hmm. and, and go and preach another gospel. And that's wrong, too, because mm -hmm. we're expected, you should know and you should study the studies of the But once you've been confronted with the truth, yeah. and then you still. Mm -hmm. Preach another gospel where you go a different direction that fits you better or right. builds your kingdom better. You are held more accountable oh, yeah. now. 
reminds me of something that Paul actually, I think it was in Timothy, Paul writing in Timothy. Paul was talking about how he, he persecuted the church. And, he, and then he, he said this, that the Lord was merciful to me. It is a paraphrase. The Lord was merciful to me because it was out of ignorance. He, he thought with all of his heart that he was doing it for the Lord. Until the Lord showed up on the road to Damascus yeah. and said, Bubba, yeah. <laughs> you persecuted me. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a wrong doctrine, a wrong belief, get ready. The Lord is going to show up and he's going to point it out. What happens next is on you. See, because you can't blame ignorance once that happens. You came to this class. And if you had certain beliefs, no one in here knew about it. And then they got blown up through the class. <laughs> you were faced with the decision, I'm either going to accept what I just heard taught. Or I'm going to reject that and hold to what I already believed. That's true. And you can't claim that you didn't know. Yeah. That what you believed wasn't right. Because you've the truth was presented to you. Thank you, Brother Tam Pastor. <laughs> now, the Lord has used you to make me go, I've got to choose. And based off of my choice, either to accept or reject. Now, I reject justification by faith. Get ready. You'll be just like you. I reject sanctification by faith alone. Get ready. You'll be just like Israel. And you can't claim ignorance because I've taught you. I reject that that's how the Holy Spirit works. Yeah, but I've already taught you that. So if you reject it, you'll be just like Israel. That's the idea. 